My name is Valerie Payne, and this is the podcast Finding Unity. I started this podcast because of a personal experience that helped me to see the need for unity in our society right now. I hope that you will come along with me on my quest to find unity as we seek understanding, connection, healing, and love. Hi, this is Valerie Payne, and you're listening to another episode of Finding Unity, and today I have Emily Romwell on. Emily, do you want to say hi? Hey, how's it going? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being on. Emily's going to be talking to us about anxiety. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not like an expert psychologist or anything, but I've dealt with anxiety for a long time, so I'm happy to share my thoughts. You're an expert with your your story. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Emily, do you first just want to talk a little bit about yourself, where you're from? Oh, sure. Uh, I grew up in Utah, in Orem, just Utah Valley. Uh, It's a great place. People are really friendly. Um, I love the mountains. I love to go up and hike and be in the nature. I'm the oldest of six kids. friends have a really close family um single 35 and I love podcasting I love reading writing music anything creative so yeah that's right Emily has her own podcast as well so we're going to be talking a little bit about that as well as we chat yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. First of all, just tell us a little bit about your podcast and what inspired that. So it's called the Vibrant Life Podcast. Again, my name is Emily Romrell, and I just really felt compelled to start a podcast. I am kind of a introvert. I wouldn't say I'm shy. I'm really good talking one-on-one with people, but yeah. I hate being the center of attention. So I was like, why do I want to start a podcast? But I do feel like I've learned a lot of life lessons just in my own experiences. And I've always loved writing and I've always loved like writing kind of personal essays. So I just felt like really honestly kind of like a push from my soul. Like you need to share your story and and share these ideas with people. So, so yeah. yeah. How did you come up with the name and what would you say is the topic of your Yeah. So the vibrant life, um, well, like we're going to talk about anxiety today. I've dealt with anxiety and depression since I was a teenager, like 13 or 14. Um, and I just know that life can seem really gray and kind of, depressing if you let it but you can choose to have a vibrant happy life if you want to and so I just wanted something that was like yes I want to live a vibrant happy life even if I'm dealing with hard things yeah so what are some of the topics you've talked about so far in your podcast um I this very last one I released on Friday was about planting seeds so talk about planting all kinds of seeds just ideas that are good that you can open your heart to about changes that you want to bring into your life um I am LDS, so a lot of the things I talk about on my podcast sometimes have LDS influences or from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but it's not just for people of our church, it's for everyone. And I have a lot of friends who are not members of the church or from other backgrounds that I think benefit from it also. So yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your anxiety. How young were you when um, you realized it really started to impact your life? Sure. And when did it maybe become more intense and how have you managed that? Um, It really started to affect me when I was in junior high. Um, I was like a Hermione from Harry Potter when I was in elementary school. (laughs) I I love learning. I love books. I thought I could conquer the world. I was fearless. And I think I hit puberty and then just my world kind of flipped upside down. Um, And I think that probably happens honestly for a lot of people, but they don't really talk about it. But um, yeah, junior high, I just really started to feel anxious about like, where do I fit in the world? And I think that's normal for every teenager. But then also I think I did, I have really struggled with like clinical anxiety and depression that has affected me for a long time. So, Mm -hmm. 
So you noticed it specifically during puberty where it really became... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like around really started impacting. 12 or 13, yeah. Okay. And when did you get to the point where you started to get help? Oh. I'm, and what did that look like? Maybe for people who are listening who have no, anxiety. I actually, it was kind of, I feel like the world is better at accepting mental illness now than it was even like 10 years ago when yeah. I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, I was mortified to say that I was dealing with depression. I just didn't want anyone to know. And I was so insecure about it. And um, I did try some medication, but I didn't stick with it very often. So I have a really good support system. My parents are great. Um, I had church leaders that were great that supported me also. But um, I don't know. I kind of just struggled off and on. Um, and then I tried counseling a few different times. Um, and then just kind of life, just, you know, ups and downs. <laughs> so, yeah. So when you tried counseling for a little bit, did you feel like you didn't jive with some mm-hmm. of the therapist? Okay. That's and one that's of my common. biggest advice yeah. for people because I'm so pro counseling now. Yeah. Um, but I just recently finished counseling a, little, a few months ago, um, again for another try. And I loved my counselor this last time. So I think you really have to be picky. Sometimes yep. people think, oh, I tried counseling and it didn't work, but there's a lot of things that go into that, right? You have to find someone that you connect with, which is super important, but also you have to be willing to do the work outside of counseling because counseling is there to kind of evaluate and say, here's what we're doing or give you ideas. But if you don't do that internal work, then it's kind of meaningless. So That's true. I often say a lot of therapy happens outside of the session. Yeah. So, I mean, but it's really valuable also to have a counselor that can challenge you, but also provide a safe place for you. Um, I think that's kind of a, a hard combination to find sometimes because um, you do need someone to kind of challenge your ideas and help you think about new things in different ways. But you also need to have someone that uh, you feel safe with, that you can tell your you can be vulnerable with and not be ashamed of that. So. Yeah, I'm actually teaching a lesson um, to our to the youth in my church tomorrow about anxiety and depression. Oh, yeah. and I can't remember the quote off the top of my head, but there's one that set, specifically says, make sure you're honest with yeah. your therapist yeah. and open about what's happening. So Yeah, and it's nice. I mean, people sometimes think, why would I want to talk to someone when I have friends or family? And I think talk to anyone who you, who you can if you need to talk to someone. But it's nice to have someone who doesn't have all the baggage your other relationships have too that you mm-hmm. can just kind of start fresh with. So Yeah, and has like a non-bias. yeah you know, opinion and can really be real with you. I'm totally pro counseling. I think if you find the right person, it'll be really beneficial. So, so when did you, you said you recently finished it again. Um, when do you feel like you kind of became more on board with therapy and, um, Mm. and when, like what caused you to be on board with it? If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like what was helpful? Sure. So 2017 was a really rough year for me. Like, um, just I was really overweight and um, I was really really depressed and just had had a really hard year basically didn't work for like a year Um, and I was just kind of at my wits end so I actually went and talked to my bishop and it was just like I don't know what to do and my bishop at that time actually was also a psychologist and he's like you need therapy you need to go to counseling and I was really resistant to it honestly but I thought okay I mean, I, it's kind of what you always hear people talking about hitting rock bottom. <laughs> and, you know, I don't feel like I feel some people's rock bottoms may be more extreme than mine. But um, but I was really kind of like, I don't know what else to do. So I found another counselor and um, 
again, like the first counselor I tried after I talked to my bishop actually didn't work for me. And then I tried a second one. And then the second one was the one that was the fit. So, um, but I decided like, I'm going to do the work. Like, I don't care. I'm going to try to be vulnerable. I'm going to try to do what she tells me to do. And, um, I don't know, just, just really try to work on myself. So, yeah. yeah. So how have you found healing, not just with therapy, but in general through the, through this experience of anxiety and depression? Sure. Uh, well, I think the biggest thing is self-love. I've been so critical of myself for years since I was a teenager. And I think society does not help in that area, (laughs) but, um, and I'm still, you know, learning this. I'm not perfect at it by any means, but I think in my twenties, I was so worried about like, I need to have life figured out. I need to have a job. I need to have a relationship. I need to finish college or whatever. And like, if I looked at like all of the life check boxes that people were checking off, then I was like such a loser in my mind. And, um, but as I've now I'm 35 and I've kind of had a little bit more experience, I realize everyone has their own timeline and their own journey. And even though I might not have some of the check boxes ticked off that I want, um, I have had a lot of experiences that have really, uh, educated me in a lot of different ways. And, um, and have given me understanding in, in places that I didn't realize. And so uh, now I'm just like, no one has it figured out. We're all figuring it out together, which is I like your podcast, Unity. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've kind of come to terms with that more in yeah. the last few years, which we has really just, helped. Yeah. We all just fake it till we make it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's important. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I love that. And, and something I'd like to ask as well is, um, I guess first as you've experienced anxiety, depression, maybe, you know, been open with some people about Mm -hmm. your experience with anxiety and depression, what has been maybe not helpful that people have shared or done? Mm -hmm. And then what has been helpful? Yeah, it's kind of a fine line. um, Because I do think people get really comfortable with anxiety and depression, and they can just stay there. And they just think, oh, I'm anxiety, I have anxiety, or I'm depressed. So they don't want to change. And then they get stuck in life, which I was there for a while. So, um, I think people who want to say, Oh, just snap out of it. Just come on. You, it's not real. Or I think there is a lot of stigma still around mental illness. I think it's getting better. But, um, when I was a teenager, I was mortified again, like to tell anyone that I had to dealing, I was dealing with anxiety or depression, but, um, people would be like, Oh, come on, you can do it. Or like, why are you just being why lazy? I guess I would, I was, people would think I was lazy when I was just having all of these mental issues. Right. And that's not helpful. Um, but I do think it's kind of, you do need pushes. You need pushes to see a counselor or to take medication or to get walks outside or whatever, because if you let yourself sit in that dark place, you're going to get it's a spiral. I always talk about like on my podcast about a spiral upward or a spiral downward. Mm-hmm. I think we're all spiraling one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you get into that dark place, it's just a continual spiral downward. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you even make baby steps a little bit at a time, you can reverse that and spiral back upward. Yeah. Getting a little spiritual. One of my favorite yeah. scriptures is Helaman 512, where it talks about, you know, uh, Christ being the rock. Yeah. And then if you don't focus on Christ, which I look at that as hope as well, mm-hmm. right? Hope that you can overcome depression, hope you can overcome anxiety. Yeah. So if you don't focus on that, it says 
it's well it basically says to focus on that so that um when the winds and the whirlwinds of the adversary comes like you won't be able to and he won't be able to drag you down to despair mm-hmm. yeah so it's just that idea what you were saying of spiraling that. reminding me of that scripture mm-hmm. um I wanted to ask you as well we talked about anxiety and depression and I feel like we often talk about it very generally, but it looks different for everybody. Sure, yeah. So do you mind just talking a little bit about what that looks like for you? Yeah, um, I have panic attacks, which really, people, I guess there's different levels of panic attacks, but like full-blown panic attack, you feel like you're dying, you know? So I'd get like, you know, big heavy chest, like hyperventilating, like just feeling like I'm going to die kind of a thing um, every once in a while. And I, I think I would work myself up because I've done a lot of thought work too, like on how you think in your mind, mm-hmm. which really helps. But um, CBT, cognitive C- behavioral <laughs> therapy. Yeah, yep. exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, and also just being lethargic, you know, and just fatigue and just not having a desire to do anything. It's kind of like depression and anxiety are as kind of like a bipolar I feel like even though I'm not bipolar but um they go together they go together because uh if you're anxious you're all tense and you're like antsy and you're just like I don't know what to do I feel like so trapped and kind of like just really restless or on the other side of the spectrum you're just um just dead to the world like I don't care I'm a zombie just going through the motions uh you know, just nothing really means anything. It can be, it can feel really hopeless. So, mm-hmm. uh, my heart really goes out to anyone who struggles with that because I know it can be really hard. Yeah. So when you have a panic attack, what, what do you feel, um, are some things that can maybe onset those panic attacks? Do they come out of nowhere or, um, I mean, it can come out of nowhere, but mostly it's, I think thoughts, honestly, mm-hmm. I think you're thinking, can really spiral you into a, an, a panic attack because what I've learned is anxiety is kind of the fear of the fear of the bad emotion. Yeah. So what has really helped me is that it's okay to feel bad emotions. Sometimes it's okay that. to be uncomfortable sometimes, mm-hmm. but if I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be with a group of people and I might feel shy or uncomfortable, then I get afraid that I'm going to be shy or uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then that fear just spirals. And I'm just like, Oh man, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then what if this boy I like says hi to me? And then what if the food is weird and I don't like it? And then they're going to be you know, offended because I don't want to eat the food or whatever, you know, it's just stupid little things. Um, but, but then I start feeling that fear of the fear and then that just grows, Yeah, you know, and that's really causing that for me, I think causes panic attacks. And so you said you feel like you've accepted those emotions, which is great. Well, Well, I try. (laughs) Yeah. Or try to. And I think that's it. I mean, that's a part of acceptance and mindfulness too, right? Is to accept it. And, um, recognize like life isn't always wonderful for everyone mm-hmm. you know those Instagram pictures everyone's posting you have no idea what's going on underneath it's right? true it's true so when you're experiencing um, these panic attacks what do you do you allow do you just accept okay I'm having a panic attack mm-hmm. or do you do things to help yourself during the panic attack what advice would you give I guess to people who sure. also experience panic attacks um yeah again it goes to like the spiraling spiraling idea but um I think breathing is really helpful so um you know it doesn't there's a lot of different breathing techniques that you can try the one I do is just you breathe in deep really big for like eight seconds and then hold it 
and then breathe out for four seconds and hold it, breathe in for four seconds and hold it. And just that slow breathing, it really kind of resets your body and really helps you to kind of calm down. I also do the ABCDE method, which I actually did a podcast on, and I count it, I think it's a really good grounding technique. So grounding is just kind of coming back. So when you're having a panic attack, it's really easy to just get into your head and to just think, oh my gosh, everything is going crazy and just feel all over the place. So if you can ground yourself, there's a lot of different techniques of that too. But um, I just use the ABCDE, which I'd actually tap it on my my lap. And I just, so it, there's five fingers, so A, is you acknowledge what's going on. B is what is your belief about what's going on. C is to challenge that idea. Um, D is to decide a new plan of action. And then E is to see the effects of your new thinking. I love so. that. That's great. So that sounds like a really helpful tool to help you know ground mm-hmm. yourself. Um, what ways do you, would you say, because the podcast is called Finding Unity Mm -hmm. and my mantra kind of is finding unity through healing, seeking understanding, connection, and love. Yeah. Um, and so what ways do you feel like having anxiety has helped you to find unity? Honestly, I just think my own struggles have really given me compassion for other people. You know, the older I get and the more that I know people, there's not a human on the planet that doesn't deal with something hard. Yeah. I don't care what your past is or what your story is. I mean, I'm a writer and we lo- I love stories and I, we all have our own stories. And my thing is own your story. So like if you can own your story and then you can have compassion in others with, for their stories, yeah. that really brings unity, I think. Yeah, I, I think that's so true. And I feel like I bet with your experience with anxiety, you're more apt to seek understanding for yeah. people when maybe you I don't try understand. really hard not to judge which you know I'm human I make mistakes right but we all are uh, <laughs> but I I honestly it's I always even like my planting seeds podcast I just did it you know first impressions are always bogus even if you have a good first impression of someone we all are so complicated and we all have so many layers to us that if someone gives you a bad impression it's so easy to judge or it's so easy to look at someone on the outside and see oh, they're such a arrogant person or like they're, they're not living up to what they could do. But honestly, I believe we're all doing our best with what we know how to do. And if you, if we knew how to do better, we might be able to be better. Like like that's a Maya Angelou quote, I think. But, um, but yeah, I just try, I try really hard to try to see past the first impression on people. Yeah, I love that. I think that's great advice. Do you have any other advice for people who may be experiencing depression or anxiety? Um, Yeah, just any advice you'd want to give them or whether that's tools or just... Um, uh, You know, it kind of looks different for everyone, like you said, but um, I would encourage you to see a doctor if you feel like that's necessary. If it's something that's making you not able to live your life, then you need to find help, whatever that looks like for you. mm -hmm. So um, like if you can't be a productive human being. And if you're just stuck in bed all day, then you need to make a change. Like Mm -hmm. we talked about, you need to be, get a push, even though it is really hard. So see a counselor, talk to your regular medical doctor. I mean, I take medication also for anxiety that helps me. And I was, and I tried probably five or six different medicines before I found the right one. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like therapy. You have to find what works for you. And so that can be a challenge. And so don't give up. I guess my, my, my advice is don't give up. Like there is hope. But sometimes it takes a while. It takes a process of trying things and experimenting. Yeah, I love that. And I think, yeah, I think it's really important. Like you said, there's a stigma about therapy and with mental health. I also think there's a stigma with um, taking medication. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that people have to do what's right for them. And for yeah. some people, that means taking medication. For some people, that means not taking medication. Sure. Some people, it can increase the anxiety <laughs> and depression and make it worse, you know? Yeah. And so you have to do what's best for you, what's best for your body. Um, David Burns, who wrote Feeling Good, which is a big book on cognitive behavioral therapy. He talks about the importance of doing medicine and therapy together, mm-hmm. how that's the most effective. Yeah. And how you just mentioned as well that you just went back to therapy again. Mm-hmm. I think that's something else to remember is just because we've had therapy once doesn't mean we're like cured forever, right? We all need yeah. checkups and check-ins. I actually had a bishop when I was a teenager who was like, well, you might just deal with this your whole life. And I got so depressed from that because <laughs> it's true like I've been dealing with it my whole life basically but um, I've come to understand that that's okay um, and sometimes I think people think oh I have to beat this like I have to conquer it mm-hmm. and sometimes you can and if you can that's amazing yeah but sometimes it's just a trial that you just have to kind of learn how to manage mm-hmm. and I think even if you don't struggle with anxiety or depression, but learning some thought work, I wish they would teach that more in schools yep. honestly because even if you don't have this specific, challenge with anxiety or depression, um, learning how to manage your thoughts and how to deal with hard things is so helpful. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that there's so many, all of us have thinking errors, all Mm -hmm. of us, everybody has thinking errors. And for me, um, I guess like as a therapist, I love teaching them because (laughs) then it helps me correct my own thinking errors. I'm like, Oh, I did that today. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're all learning and we're all, we all have, we have like the change cycle, which is another thing that I learned in therapy, which is we have relapses, you know? And so like, you'll make a change, you'll do really good for a while and then you'll relapse. But hopefully it's again, the upward spiral, like the relapse will be less and less each time. And then Mm -hmm. you become, then you conquer whatever that is. So I love that. And I think that's a benefit also to going to therapy is learning those tools, but also it's easy to, it's sometimes it's hard to recognize your own thinking errors. And so having someone to bounce that off, I Mm -hmm. think is helpful, but I love so much of what you've shared today and just also your encouragement and your hope and your (laughs) podcast, The Vibrant Life. The Vibrant Life, yeah. I mean, I love that. It's so positive and I think it's really will be helpful to other people. So I love that you're doing that. And it sounds like you've had a lot of episodes specifically with tools. Um, I have had a couple with tools. Um, I actually did like a bonus episode with tools because I was talking to a friend and she's like, hey, do you have a way for me to like manage my anxiety and I was like well this is what I do <laughs> so then I did a podcast about it but it's not only about that it's just about life lessons that I'm learning yeah yeah I love that um well thank you so much for yeah. being on and chatting with me I like to ask everybody on my podcast one final question sure and that is what does unity mean to you oh I love it <laughs> um I think unity is learning how to love others even if they're different, right? Which I love, you have people from all kinds of perspectives on this podcast, which I think is great. Um, I think the world is so polarized right now and there's a big lie out there that is, if you don't agree with someone, then you're against them. That's such a lie. And people can have different perspectives and still be amazing friends. And if people would just learn that and learn how to be kind, I think the world would be better. I love that. Yeah. We should all be kind. Yeah. Ellen DeGeneres says that I know. too. <laughs> like every Kindness episode. would make the world better. Yeah. Right? I love that. And also what you were saying about um, giving people the benefit of a doubt. Yeah. I think Brene Brown, I think, talks about that mm-hmm. one of her books. I can't remember which one. But um, yes, I love that. All those thoughts. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you, you so much for being on. I really appreciate you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, please like it on whatever platform you're listening to. 
Remember that it's okay to disagree. Unity comes when we can agree to disagree while still maintaining a love for one another. For more on unity, follow us on Instagram at finding.unity or on Twitter at finding underscore unity.